Cork are in serious trouble. In the Munster Championship, they're going to get beaten. They're going to get beaten early. And when the Cork crowd turn against them, they turn so harsh. The Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. Off the ball. This is News Talk. You're very welcome back. We have Billy Joe Padden on the line. Hey, Billy Joe. Good evening, Joe. So we are headed towards the final weekend of the league fixtures before we get into finals. And it's interesting, of the 32 teams partaking, only eight teams have nothing to play for this weekend coming, which is another advertisement for the benefits of the league that after however many matches you have just eight teams the likes of Galway promoted or down relegated but just eight teams effectively have a, a dead rubber so you know it turns out getting these teams against other teams of a similar level and letting them go at it is the way to go yeah it sure seems that way I think over the last number of years um, most GA fans have recognised the quality and the excitement that the, the Alliance National Leagues uh, generate I think if nothing else, the teams react to the fact that you have to play a number of games in a, in a short space of time. There's nothing worse than when you're a player yourself waiting five and six weeks for the for your next meaningful game. The the drudgery of training in between games really is not appealing and everyone looks forward to games. Uh, and I, I just think it's been a really outstanding competition so far. And I think it's pretty obvious that whatever form the or improvements that occur in, in the championship over the coming years, that, uh, that I think we get the best out of our games when you see teams the teams play each other more often and I think even to, to expand on your point even weaker counties how are they going to improve or with a new manager say for example coming in they need the games they need the games you know in quick succession to really really improve To pick two of the games then because you were at both of these games Tyrone beat Mayo at Healy Park on the Saturday 11 points to 9 and then on the Sunday, it finished Kerry 113, Armagh 13 points. So across those two games and those four teams, you got to see first, second and third in the league in Division 1 as things stand and the defending All-Ireland champions. So maybe a different kind of a question. Which player's performance, which individual's performance caught your eye the most? I would have to say it was Jeremy O'Connor in midfield for Kerry. I think it's an area of the field that Kerry probably needed to get younger, to get more athletic. And he showed an awful lot of athleticism in the game against Armagh. Uh, really some excellent high field and covering ground all over the field kicked a lovely score in the in the, in the the first half and it was very very difficult for Armagh against the win to get out and him and Jack Barry there had been performing very well in all fairness all throughout this league campaign so far and they they were just you know they just controlled that area of the field and when you consider the way Jack O'Connor has gone about uh, preparing this Kerry team where he's a very settled defence where he's Basically, you know, tried to play the same players as often as he could. Foley's playing fullback, O'Begley's playing halfback, uh, Tyg Morley centre back, and then if you're getting that platform in midfield as well, and we all know about the quality that they have up front, whether it's Sean O'Shea and and in particular David Clifford, who only played the second half. And if they can create that platform, well, then they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. And that's why I think his performance of the weekend was the most important that I've seen. We've been hearing across this campaign that Kerry are much stingier in defence. Is there anything in particular that they're doing, Billy Joe, in comparison with the last? couple of years? Well, I think it all comes out of um, understanding and consistency. I think that they're defending in numbers. I think that there's not very many gaps. They're very well uh, connected, all the defenders. They're 
gang tackling when when it's uh, when the opportunity arises and they're being physical like Tyg Morley, Brino Beglia, Tom O'Sullivan and then at the same time you're not really losing any any of their footballing ability. Obeglia's good going forward. We know that Tom O'Sullivan's really good going forward as well. I think Jason Foley's been quite impressive in that he has the 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 size and the speed to play that area or play that position at fullback. I just think he's getting more experience. I think he's more protection in front of him. And that's why I think the Kerry full back line has performed better this year. So I think, you know, Paddy Talley, Jack O'Connor, they deserve some credit for that. But I think overall, as opposed to any one thing, it's about just improved organization. And it's always easier uh, when you're a bunch of defenders, if you have a good solid midfield platform in front of you as well. Throw-in was delayed 10 minutes due to traffic, so there was a capacity 11,300 at the Athletic Grounds. I suspect a certain proportion of those fans are thinking to themselves, will I, won't I? David Clifford's there, I will. And he does have that stature in the game now. And even it was interesting, you know, post-game, he's surrounded by kids in Armagh jerseys trying to get a selfie with David Clifford. He's just of a certain stature already. He came off the bench to score 1-2. He did, and I was one of those late fans coming in, so I was glad that the game was delayed 10 minutes. And as it happened, I, where I ended up watching the game from, was very close to where De, where Clifford was for the second half. Into the wind, he was the furthest forward up the field on his own. Aidan Forker had the difficult task of trying to man-mark him without really much help as Armagh were chasing the game. And you just see the movement. And the, the goal is a prime example of that, where he's in a position inside the 14-meter line. Forker has to play from in front in that situation. He fakes to go left into the corner. Stephen O'Brien obviously knows him well enough at this stage. Played a diagonal across towards the penalty spot and Clifford's movement you know, dictated where that ball was going to be played. And then he, he slots it home in that situation. So I think the one thing that stands out f- from being close to him is that movement. But also, if I can add, that when you get up close to him, he looks so well-conditioned. He's so big and strong. Aidan Forker's an extremely strong physical footballer and he was able to stand up to every physical you know, nudge or hit he got and, and stay on his feet. And not only that, stay in control of the ball and finish then under severe pressure. He got another lovely point over on the other side of the field where he do- uh, dummy bounced to get him the space to put him on his left foot. So it was, it was worth uh, the fee alone to go in and see him play 35 minutes at that level. He was exceptional for, for that period. How do you stop him? I think you need help. I think you can't find yourself in a situation like Armad did. And the conditions played into that where you're chasing a game against Kerry, you're four points down and you're having to commit numbers to attack. You're you're not creating the scoring chances yourself. In an ideal world, you need a, a solid man marker there. You need somebody sitting in front of him as well that's able to maybe cover off those diagonal balls that he's so clever at you know, creating runs for. Again, you know, Paddy Clifford is out the field, the connection obviously that they have for obvious reasons. Uh, he played a lovely ball into him as well in the second half. So I think you need, I need, you need a sweeper in there in front of him at all times. And not only that, he's still going to get his hands on the ball, but then that sweeper needs to be able to get back as quickly as you can to try and bottle him up and maybe force him out wide, force them out further until you get more numbers back. Yeah, I think you're right, because he looks impossible to stop one-on-one. If you're one-on-one with them, he can go either way and he will go either way and he'll score. You're dead. Yeah, and his ball control is so good. He's got long arms. His solo is so quick, so snappy, that even if you try to punch it away, he's a solo... it's happened before you can even get your hand in there and then that ability to kick off both feet. And I've never seen anyone as big as he is that can get the ball to his left boot as quickly as he can. It's like a snapshot. They talk about soccer players about a, a low, you know, or a short backlift. Mm. He kind of nearly has that. It gets to his foot so quickly and he can generate a lot of power that he can hurt you from anywhere inside the 45. Yeah. Oh, his technique is very much his own. You don't see many with his technique. 
No, and even I remember watching him as an underage player when he, I think he was playing Hogan Cup and I was just baffled by the speed for a gangly sort of a, a teenager at that stage that he can get control of the ball as well as he can and at the same time get the ball to his 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 boots basically as quick as he can to stop anyone being able to get in a, a block he's a real real short wind up in terms of his his kick and it makes it very very difficult for him to block and it's probably one of the reasons why he's such a, a dangerous player as well when he's close to goal for, for scoring goals because he can get that shot away so quickly So Healy Park then for Tyrone 11 points Mayo 9 points Tyrone had a 5 point lead at half time Mayo did get back to within a point and then Tyrone pulled away that's two defeats in a row for Mayo which is a dent in their chances of making a league final Kerry are already in a league final now Kerry have a reasonable gap before they have championship action after a league final for Mayo they have Galway incoming on the 24th of April is James Horn that upset to miss out in a league final is that more inconvenience in 2022 in comparison maybe with other seasons I think so Joe I, I think that when you look at Mayo's the way they've treated these last couple of league games and the way I expect them to treat the next the, the league game against Kildare next weekend it, it does seem to me that they're they're focusing on playing that Galway championship game you know the 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 main thing for Mayo coming into this game, you always felt was staying in the division, having been promoted last year. And they, they did that early on with the way they were able to, to, I suppose, grind out wins. And it just appears that Mayo were so dead, particularly in the first 15 minutes of the game against Toronto. They looked real leggy. They were making simple handling errors. They looked tired at that stage. Did you just wonder when you're standing there watching, you know, are Mayo in the middle of a heavy training load? Are they? Is this part of a, an overall plan for the preparation for the championship game as opposed to having to figure out you know getting the two points they need to get them to a league final and then the possibility of playing Kerry again having already played them a couple of weeks and and I, I'm not so sure that that's something that James Horne is, is keen on. Was it difficult as a player as an aside to go through heavy training loads during the league campaign where you were emptying yourself on a Tuesday and a Thursday and you knew that you weren't going to be very good on the Saturday? Kind of counterintuitive. It was. I, well, I found it very difficult, Joe, but then I found a lot of things quite difficult in those situations. I think for some of the more supreme athletes than myself, they were able to you know, work really hard during the week and still have those energy levels to be really effective on the on the weekend. But I think even now we're, we're seeing with the, the condensed season, with the important championship games coming up so quickly after the after the, the league campaign, the players and managers are afraid of injuries. They're wondering, well, how, when are we going to get the time on the training ground to work out these tactical things that we need to, to work on? Even the just the, the actual preparation you'll put into an opponent. You'll know you'll be preparing for, in normal championship circumstances, you'll be preparing for an opponent three and four weeks out, mm. You know, wondering what the matchups are going to be, what your kickout strategy is going to be against that team. When you're in the middle of a national league campaign, you don't have time for that. You're just really going from week to week and trying to prepare as, as best you can and at the same time do your pre-season training and that's mm. what makes it so difficult. Mayo have lots of options in the forward line and, and lots of players who've given very good accounts of themselves across this league campaign and yet I'm sure talk in the county is of Killian O'Connor and this Achilles injury last summer. Galway, April 24th in the Connor quarterfinal like I mentioned and no sign of Killian O'Connor yet. What's the word here? Well, it's a worry. Um, we had all hoped that uh, in Mayo, everyone had hoped that he'd be back for the uh, to play some football in the last two rounds of the league. There's only one league game left. I think that if you were if you're James Horn, it would be logical that if he is fit to play, that he gets some minutes under his belt. 
next week. Um, it would seem that his, I suppose, his recovery has taken that bit longer, and that that is a worry considering how important he is to this Mayo team. He's the leader of the attack. They missed him terribly last year. It was great that Ryan O'Donoghue was able to stand up and and has played brilliantly throughout this league as he did last year. But then when you add the injury of uh, Tommy Conroy earlier in the season, mm. you really could do with getting uh, Killian back to take some of that pressure off Ryan because there were periods in the second half, in particular against Tyrone, when Mayo had the wind, where. You know, Ryan O'Donnell was getting bottled up when he was the focus of all Tyrone defenders' attention, where if you had somebody like Killian O'Connor with his ability to kick off both feet with the wind at his back, well, that would have given Mayo a much better chance of being successful. I want to ask you about Aidan O'Shea. So generally, uh, thus far in the campaign, I didn't see the game on uh, Saturday, by the way. Hence, when you said Jeremy O'Connor, I thought you were talking about uh, Mayo's Jeremy <laughs> O'Connor. But Aidan O'Shea has come off the bench for Mayo on, on a few occasions this campaign to great effect you know against Dublin people would have seen him come off and just in that half back to centre midfield uh, part of the pitch winning possession simple balls and just a calm head and, and, and a serious physical presence to bring on late in the game he was given the number 6 jersey in advance of Saturday did he play at number 6 and, and what do you think O'Shea's role will be when we get into the teeth of championship well, he played at number six and I, I suppose the game was dominated by the conditions. There was, a, there was quite a strong wind that was worth a couple of points. And in the early stages in the game, you know, he probably was a bit too deep trying to protect uh, the full back line in terms of the ball being in and, and Tron were able to kind of run through or, or progress the ball maybe too far into the Mayo 45 and get their shots away. In possession, he was absolutely fine as he always is. He's very good in those situations, helped uh, start a lot of attacks I think it was very difficult for him to be really effective at that position to play at that level against an organised team like Tyrone the All-Ireland Champions and be really really effective I think that he would need much more time at number 6 to to get used to the position and, and indeed to get used to the players around him it's a lot easier to play number 6 for Mayo if you had Paddy Durkin on one side of you where you could and he wasn't playing that you could give the ball to him and he could attack. Oshin Mullen was playing the other uh, wing back and didn't have his best game. And then in the second half when Mayo were chasing the game, you, you felt that he was nearly too far away from goal and at times he was Mayo's deepest defender. So I think uh, in terms of the outing, without laying the blame solely at Aiden in terms of his performance, it wasn't a, a tactical tweak that really worked. And I agree that I think his most impactful performances has been coming off the bench. And, and the key to that for, for me has been that he's been coming into the game at his best position in midfield where he can be a physical presence he can win the ball with his physicality and calmness on the ball that he can I suppose deliver it to, to players a better position to create counter-attacks uh, and it will be interesting to see what James Horne decides is his best role for the summer because there's no doubt any Mayo team will need Aidan O'Shea in some capacity mm. uh, against Galway in, fi in five weeks Yeah but would you suspect impact sub as opposed to starter these days for Aidan O'Shea that's a, that's a big drop that's a big mindset shift for him I, I'm not I'm not so sure I, I think he still has uh, in terms of James Horne putting his team together look Maddie Ruan has been outstanding uh, midfield for Mayo all, all through last season he's, uh, once he got a suspension out of the way this season as well and the league games he's played he's been great one of Mayo's best performance again in Oma uh, he's going to play midfield Jordan Flynn has been really solid, really hard working, put in a shift in all the league games, really disciplined in his tackling, and I think he's do done enough to deserve a start. But Mayo have been playing with kind of three midfielders. Mm. Um, Fionn McDonough played the last day, Jack Carney came on. They're both young players with potential. I wouldn't be surprised in a big game against Galway at home that the three kind of 
big, taller, more physical players that get to play in that area of the field would be Aidan O'Shea, Jordan Flynn and, and Maddie Ruan. And one of them notionally lining out as a half forward, but generally doing midfield sort of things. Yeah. We can't touch on all the games, obviously. This is uh, the glory of the league and the problem we're trying to cover the league. Uh, it's worth mentioning Dublin 2-15, Donegal 2-11 at Crow Park and the likes of Howard and Fenton who had shaky form early on in the league. No surprises, they played very well and they're they're coming back into themselves. Dean Rock and Niall Scully were very good as well. So suddenly that's Dublin 2-2. Two for two. They will play Monaghan in Clonus, which will effectively be a relegation playoff on the assumption that other results go their way, which is very possible. One team we will see in Division 1 next year, Billy Joe, is Galway, who do play Mayo, as we said, on the 24th of April. So their big test, really, of the campaign thus far was up in Own Beg against Derry, and they had an 11-point win. 4-11 to 12 points, the final score. Uh, They completely destroyed Derry in the first half. It can be hard to judge the league because of weather as much as anything. So Derry won the toss and opted to go against the wind. Now, we've seen this a few times, like... You really take a risk because the game can feel over and you're broken by half time. That's what seemed to happen here to Derry. I mean, I would think play with the wind and let's try and put up a cricket score should be the policy. I definitely think that it's, it's nearly like the debate about a, a, a time cost and a penalty shootout that you always should go first. I think with the wind, with the way teams are defensively so good at setting up to, to frustrate teams, getting 12, 13, 14, 15 men behind the ball and can be very hard to score against a team who's protecting a lead. The, all the teams, particularly top-level teams, have got really good at that and then been dangerous on the counter-attack. So I think if you win the toss and there's a win, you, you, you have to play. You have to play with it. It's the best decision, particularly against a team like Galway, because if they get a run on you, they're very ruthless in those sort of situations. And that's exactly what happened against Derry. Um, they're a team that are very dangerous to for scoring goals. And I think one thing that their supporters will be very, very happy about is that they were able to put in a performance like that with Walsh not playing and not being lining out. And look, Damien Comer looked exceptionally sharp and he looked lean and, and physical and, and got a goal in the first half as well. And he's a player that they need if they're going to do you know big things in the championship um, Matthew Tierney then you know a younger player you know he also had a very very good game and then and Paul Conroy who's been like probably their most consistent performer throughout uh, the last couple of years I, I only saw them once in person this year when they played down in Uri and they you know down you know are, are not going well but in that game it was Walsh, Comer and Conroy that were the leaders and that were the players that were driving this team on and you would expect that they'll be relied upon again uh, particularly in that game against Mayo but if you can have players like Tierney stepping up or, or Keneally in corner forward stepping up well then that's going to make the task of, of, of keeping that forward line quite all the more difficult Yeah well it's going to be one of the games of April anyway in the Championship we can say that much Galway against Mayo Billy Joe great to have you on thanks so much No problem Joe Cheers Billy Joe Padden with us there off the ball on News Talk.